let me share this with you. I am so happy to be here. I feel like I know you all personally, individually. Our group went back home just singing the praises of you folks, your spirit, your heart. And they were so overwhelmed. And they kept saying to me, it's Jason Alvarez's church. Now, I've been around in ministry. <clears throat> Let me think. I really have to think. Oh, about 55 years. Yeah. We're the best team going. Senior citizens. Yeah. I mean, Joe, next year, Joe will be 70. Isn't he marvelous? Mm. <laughs> And to live with a woman like me and get to be Sandy is a miracle. <laughs> but I thank the Lord for that. I'm coming up close. Next year I'll be 67. And I thank the Lord. 38 years of my life, I spent uh, just speaking in Spanish. It's so interesting because I didn't know Spanish. But I was saved in a little Spanish mission in the South Bronx. So uh, when I went in, I had to learn Spanish. Either that or sit like, mm. But I learned, I learned quick. My Spanish consists of two books. The Bible and El Himnario de Gloria. The hymn book, just those two. But I thank the Lord for that. And I am praising him. After 38 years of just preaching in Spanish, I had very rarely preached in English, went on to a blessed ministry in the prison system of New York State. I was the first female chaplain for the Department of Corrections in the state of New York. And uh, that was an institute, that was a school, you can get BAs, MAs, and PhDs. And if you don't get any of the three, you can die. But you do learn something. And I want you to know that God took me there, literally, to teach me compassion. Yeah, he did. That was my school for compassion. I hear people nowadays talking about uh, loving specific groups and situations. As a chaplain, I buried people with AIDS. So it was no, nothing new to me. I ministered to them, I talked with them, and I walked with them. And that goes way back. I mean, when I say way back, at least. Before it was a declared situation, which is about 13 to 15 years ago. I lived in... I worked in that situation which had to do with gay people, homosexuals. The prison population has about 99.6 of homosexuality. Well, you put people in unreal situations and you will get the product of it, okay? And uh, I, I say all of this to simply tell you 
that God has a way of preparing us for whatever work we're going to do. I love everybody. Now, I'm not trying to... What I mean to tell you is that I don't frown on anybody. Somebody comes to my church and they say, I'm gay. I say, well, I welcome you. I'm so glad you're here. Stay with us. The Lord will bless you. The Lord will fill you. And I have several of those gentlemen that have already gotten married and, and are having a, now they're having a gay time. <laughs> they're full of joy. They're full of the Lord. So what am I trying to say to you? And after that, I, I became a chaplain in 72. And in 1980, 72? Yeah. And in 1980, God said to me, it's over. I want you to go back to the Bronx and open a work. Now you have no idea what that meant to me. I thought God was kidding. How can you get a call to where you've lived all your life? South Bronx? I know it like my fingernails. I've lived there all my life. And I thought to myself, God, you've got some sense of humor. I'm going home. And a nasty home at that. But yes, that's what he told me to do. And it was interesting because after 40 or some odd years of ministry, there I am in the South Bronx in a storefront. And I love my good friends that would go by and pat me on the head and say, Oh, you're here? I said, Yeah, I'm here. Oh, it, it, this world's life is funny. Are you hearing me? That's why you have to do what God tells you to do. That's why you can't look here. You can't, you can't go by what people are saying. Oh, no. As far as some people were concerned, I, I, I should have hit the top. No, I was with the biggest and I was with the best. And I saw them fall so hard that to me nothing is big and nothing is the best. Only my Jesus and no one else. Hallelujah. So 13 years ago, we opened up the storefront. And I had some people that, well, since they knew me from 40 years of ministry and so on, they said, we're going to, tell you, we're going to take you where Sister Amy has her work. And I, I became like, a, uh, like a, a stop on the map in New York City. You know, sightseeing. Oh, I can't even tell you. But you're chuckling and you know exactly what I mean. I am so happy to tell you that I'm so glad to be where I'm at. Yes, I mean, what I didn't tell you was that the first, the first 28 years of my life in church, 16 of those years, I was my father's assistant pastor in Thessalonica Christian Church in the Bronx on the corner of 141st Street. Those were great years of learning for me. And from there I went on, as I told you, to prison work and then now, and we have just entered a theater. Yeah, we're, we're leasing to buy. And I already informed the church, I already informed the church this morning that by Christmas we will buy the building. Yeah. 
Why? Because that's the way it's going to be. There, there are no whys. When you get a word from above, you know that's the way it goes. And so I, I am, I'm excited. I am very excited. And now I want to share the word with you. This church, whether you know it or not, is your comfort zone. You can come in here and be happy. You can come in here and praise the Lord. You can come in here and feel such love. This singing filled my heart. Just filled my heart. And it puts you in a, in a spirit of praise. And it puts you in a spirit of prayer. And it puts you in a spirit of thanksgiving. Which is the healthiest spirit for any Christian. A healthy Christian is always giving thanks. A sick Christian. Oh. Oy vey. No. Thanksgiving for what he does in our lives. And I thank the Lord. And this is so, so terribly, terribly important to each and every one of you. Let us learn to give thanks to God. I want to share with you that in this comfort zone, this is where, I, you know, I, I once had a theory which no one has taken up on. I said we should build churches like gasoline stations. How many of you hang around in a gasoline station? Nobody. You don't hang around in a gasoline station, do you? But what do you do? You get gas, you get tune-ups, you get oil, you can get new tires, and guess what? That car is fit to move when you leave that gasoline station. I know it's kind of radical, but that's what church has to be. It has to be the refueling place. It has to be the place of oil, Holy Ghost oil. It's got to be the place where you get set up ready and raring to go. And nothing will stop you. And this is important. May God help us. Because once you open those doors and once you leave here, you will then be bombarded with questions. And the people that ask you questions are not kind. They're not kind. They want to know, isn't it, isn't, it, isn't it amazing? You know what's good about growing old? You know how to not answer questions. Really, I've got the art. I don't answer questions. People say to me, how old are you? Oh, old enough to know better, but I don't think I do. And I, you, you say, well, well, what's wrong with age? No, there's nothing wrong with age. It's just simply that there are some people that want to know more than they should know. Okay? So without being ugly, without being facetious, we learn. I want to talk about Jesus tonight and how he answered questions. Ooh. And it's important to know. They were forever questioning him. You see, he bothered people. Real Christians bother people. Oh, yes, they do. You are a menace in your office. You are a menace wherever you go. You annoy so many people. Have they ever called you goody two-shoes? Have they ever asked you, uh, why don't you do this and why don't you do that? Why you don't appreciate a pinch? Why you don't appreciate any other advances? 
and you look and then they, they look down at you so who do you think you are and the beauty of it is we do know who we are hallelujah we've got to receive from our comfort zone receive from God's house and above all receive from God's word answers the apostle Peter says that's the way it's got to be you've got to be able to give a good answer to people that ask you you've got to give a good answer and we are determined to give that good answer Jesus was forever being questioned now they questioned him sometimes like they question us to see if they can make a fool of us that's all to see if you've got, not, they don't really want to know the goods because they're only doing it to hurt. But let me tell you something. Once Jesus was asked, is it right to give tribute to Caesar? Now, tribute to Caesar is taxes. Hey, Washington, D.C. knows all about that. IRS, the most hated initials in the world. But that's the way it is. So, whether you like it or not, you got to pay. Whether you like it or not. can look for a million loopholes, but somewhere along the way, and telling the truth as Christians, we're going to pay. They say to Jesus, do you think it's uh, right? What, what do you think about taxes? Well, you see, they're just egging him on, and you know why. Because as far as they're concerned, Hey, Rome shouldn't even be there. They hate everything about it. Matter of fact, do you know what, the, what, what the, the, the emperors of Rome would say? Whoever you put in Jerusalem, make sure he caters to them. Because that's the most revolutionary gang I've got in the whole world. Isn't that amazing? And that I didn't get from the Bible, I got it from Josephus. They were very worried about who went there because those people were so full of fight and fury and fire. And I love the way Jesus answered. He simply said, let me see a coin. And they gave him a coin. And they, he said, well, whose face is on that? And they said, uh, Caesar's. And then he says, well, then give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God." They listen. That's so simple, isn't it? It's so simple. Yet it finished the whole situation. It was over. The full answer was given. That coin, taxes are collected in coins, give to Caesar what Caesar. Hey, there's a portion of that that belongs to him. Isn't it interesting? I love Jesus. Jesus is a perfect balance. Jesus is, well, he's God, I know. But he came to teach us so that we might live and walk like him. That we might understand who he was and knowing what we will be if we are in him. And the whole secret of life is being like Jesus. The whole secret of life is knowing him. It's not the church you go to. It's not the music you're involved in. It's not how, how high or how low something is. It's not up to your fantasy. It's, it's, it's who he is. And I love him. 
And that's why I say we've got to be ready to answer questions. There's a world out there that's going to ask you a million questions. Jesus had the answers. And that, that answer is so sweet because what he's simply saying is don't mix the issues. Don't mix the issues. What has to do with this has to do with that. And hey, what has to do with this has to do with that. But know the difference. And that's where the important part comes. Know the difference. And he knew the difference. Now that put him in a sour spot with the Romans. No, with the Jewish people. In other words, he doesn't feel as hostile about Rome as we do. Matter of fact, he's even siding with them. But you see, that wasn't the issue. And it will never be the issue. We ought to serve God no matter who's in power. We ought to serve God no matter what flag is flying. We ought to serve God because he is Lord. He is master. He is king. He's the one in charge. It's to him that we are surrendered. And that's, that's the biggest difference in the whole wide world. So give unto Caesar what's Caesar and give unto God what's God. That we might know the difference, folks. Some people have such a, a mixing. They have such a ball of I don't know what. They're so confused and confounded. Don't be. What's in here? Spirit. Soul. What's in here? Mind. That's what he wants. That's the most important thing. Then they got him one day on stupidity. Huh. They'll get you on stupidity too. They didn't get him. But they said to him, well... And this was, this, this, was, this was interesting because it was dividing the groups of the Jewish people. And this was the division. It says in the law that if a man does not, if he dies before his wife can take on his name, and genealogy was so important to the Jew. And thank God because it's important to us too. The genealogies, that which you dislike most about the entire Bible, Huchimacallit begat Huchimacallit, and Huchimacallit begat Huchimacallit. I mean, that goes on forever. And people look at that and say, yuck! I mean, what do we need there? Some people would rip it right out. Ooh, ooh, hang on, hang on. That's the solid proof. That is the uncorruptible truth of the line right from Adam right straight down to Jesus Messiah and do you know when when the Jews look at these genealogies Genesis Exodus Leviticus and Deuteronomy when they look through that they know and I thank God because that's one of the greatest proofs in the entire Bible that Jesus is who he is, that he is the son of God, that he is of the line of David, that he is Messiah. Hallelujah. So listen to this. They said there was a man who died. And his brother had to marry his wife. And then he died. Now in that house there were seven brothers. Interesting, no? Mm. <laughs> then the third brother came up. Because the first and the second had died, so now the third one was online. 
Now, come on, folks. Let's level with one another. After the first, it's a wonder the house didn't empty out. After the second, you know you won't find the third anywhere. Impossible. And when it's all over, these Sadducees, and that's exactly what they were, sad you see. They saw everything sad. Oh, they were so far gone, they didn't have a heaven. They didn't have an afterlife. They didn't believe in angels. They had nothing. And so this is what they were bringing to Jesus. And I, I love Jesus. He's so straightforward. He's so beautiful. He's so masterful. He is God, the Son of God. He is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. He is all you could ever want, all you could ever need. Looks at the sick crowd and simply says to them, and he says it's so calm. Ye err. It means you're making a mistake, buddies. You err, not knowing two things. The word of God, nor the power of God. You know, folks, there are millions and millions of churches in the world today that err. Because they know not the word of God, nor the power of God. They've got the edifices. They've got, what shall we say, the steeples. They've got the preachers and they've got the choirs. But they err, for they know not the word of God or the power of God. Hallelujah. And it's, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. I think it's interesting. And it's so beautiful at the same time. Jesus says, you are not knowing the word of God, nor the power of God. And then he said something else. You don't even know what heaven's all about. Because when you get there, we're not going to have marriages. It, it's not going to be that way. We're going to be like angels. I don't think Joe would be able to live without me, could you, darling? <laughs> But you know something, folks, don't ever get frightened at that. Because we don't know the essence, we don't know the depth, we don't know the power of that. But let me tell you something. If knowing Jesus is so matchless, what is it going to be like when we enter that realm which he foresaw? Listen, before the foundations of the earth and provided for us a savior from thence till Calvary. Isn't that matchless? I love it. So ye are not knowing the word of God nor the power of God. You don't even know what heaven's about. And so he left them stretched out. Why? Because he told them they didn't know the word, they didn't know the power, and they knew nothing about heaven. So why go on with this nonsense? I love him. Oh, I do. That's why I love the word of God. I, I never get tired. Never. It's, it's my breakfast, lunch, and supper. Because there isn't anything that can compare to it. And then comes the last question, and I, I love it. When one of them shouts out, and he's one of the men of the law. And he said, sir. Oh, whenever they address you as sir, watch out. Sir, which is the greatest commandment? Well, what they did know is the author of the commandments was standing in front of them. That's what he, they didn't know. 
They didn't know that the law had come from heaven above. He was there. Jesus had spoken quite a few times to Abraham. They had conversations and enjoyed it very much. Jesus had spoken to the three boys in the fiery furnace. Matter of fact, he says, hey, fellas, don't, don't worry about a thing. And he was right in there with them. You see, the theophanies, which is the manifestations of God on earth, so that people could see, was so clear. It was so clear. It's God speaking to the ear of Cain. When he says, now listen, Cain, you be careful. Satan, evil is knocking at your door. But I'm standing here to tell you that you can be the overcomer. Yes, he did. In the fourth chapter of Genesis. And you know what he said? It's looking to swallow you up. But you can have power over it. Oh, folks. God intended for man to be the victor. Whether it was way back then or till today. And I thank God for Jesus because he makes us victors. Isn't that marvelous? Now they're shouting out, which is the greatest commandment? And I love Jesus. You know what he says? Simple, simple. He says the following. Quietly. Because there's no pushing, no shoving. He says the first commandment, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, with all of thy mind, and with all of thy spirit, with all of thy soul. In other words, love God with everything you got within you. Love God with every breath of strength that you have. Love God with everything that goes about in your head. And you, you know the stuff that goes in our heads. Oh, there's negative and there's positive. There's a lot of stuff in our head. But love him in such a way that your love for him supersedes whatever garbage our computer head has picked up along the way. Love him. And then Jesus says in the next one is love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus says, and that's the whole law. Because you wouldn't need another commandment if you followed those two. Because everything else has to do with human relations. And how can we follow and have good human relations only if we have known God? You know what I love about God? What I love about God is the fact that he will not ask you to do anything that you can't do. When he challenges you, you will declare that you can't. And then the Spirit of God will whisper to you, in him you can. You see, folks, we don't have power on our own. We, we don't have some special mechanism. Uh, we have not adjusted our thinking cap. Uh, we have not gone to some special school. We don't. We are ourselves. And all alone, we will fail. But listen to this. We're not alone. We'll never be alone. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He'll walk with us. He'll talk with us. He'll hug us. He'll kiss us. When you look around, he's right over your shoulder. He is there. Oh, yes. And you know, when, when you become so conscious of his presence, nothing else matters. When he tells you to talk, you talk because, hey, he told me to say it. 
I praise God. Because that is the greatest commandment. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Isn't that interesting? Now there's a reversal in the very next few verses. Now Jesus says, I'm going to ask you a question. Oh, I love this. And listen to this. He says, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus says, what do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? Well, the son of David, they replied. That they knew. He said to them, and then how is it then that David, speaking by the Spirit, calls him Lord? For he says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If David called him Lord, how can he be his son? Oh, I love this. No one could say a word in reply. And from that day on, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Oh, I love that. My Jesus has the last word. Did you know that? And he will have it in your life. He will have it in your existence. He will have it in your move. The last word. And you say, Pastor Amy, but why, why couldn't they answer? They couldn't answer because they had already failed the first test. And what was that? To recognize Messiah. They failed it. He wasn't Messiah to them. He was somebody trying to get into a place that they didn't want him to get to. You say, you know, Pastor Amy, it's hard to believe that for 4,000 years they waited for him. And when he came, they didn't recognize him. Well, that's what the scripture says. Unto his own he came and his own. What? They rejected him. Received him not. Now, what is this all about? The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. David calls him Lord. How can he be his son? No one can say a word in reply. Why? Because he was giving them the greatest. Are you hearing me? The greatest work of Messiah. The greatest moment of Messiah. The confirmation of every dream of Messiah. The truth of every hope of Messiah. The embodiment of all power of Messiah. And what was that? The resurrection. The resurrection. In other words, hey, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put all your enemies on your feet. What didn't they understand? How can somebody be a son and at the same time be God? How can anybody give an answer to such a question? How can there be dual roles? Oh, I love that. Oh, I love it. That's like David in Psalm 22, where he goes through Calvary, where his, his inner being is ripped out. It's out of that psalm that we get, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That's where it comes from. And it's the word of God that lets you see Jesus through every page of the Old Testament, brings him to that glorious place.
horrible in itself because Calvary was not beautiful Calvary was ugly Calvary was deadly Calvary had all the forces of Satan and every demon that ever lived hovering around it because that was Satan's point of destruction if he doesn't die if I can get him down but he never did Jesus won can you imagine he won by dying would you believe it that's our winner that's our winner's circle when you're ready to die yourself to yourself hey that's the beginning of life that's where we win people don't know that and it's so hard to tell it to them but I thank God that tonight I can tell you that that's the why we are conquerors today because he rose again we don't have a tomb and prepared from the days of Egypt we don't have a mummy somewhere we don't have that we have an empty tomb glory to God isn't that marvelous we've got a Jesus that's alive and guess what he's seated at the right hand side of God the Father from whence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead isn't that marvelous for there is no mediator between God and man save Jesus man and it was Jesus that said to us you have not yet begun to pray why because he was going to the Father and we then had his power we then had his name we then have his answers let the questions come don't be afraid let them look at you and wonder what kind of a freak of a human being you are let them think it through but let me tell you something after they've pricked you enough and after they've squeezed you enough and after they've tried their hardest from you will flow the exuberance fragrance that fragrance that is from life to life and you will be the best smelling creature in that place for you will smell like Jesus hallelujah <laughs> folks he's the one he's the only one there isn't another one look to him and be saved look to him and be healed look to him and know that your days your hours and your minutes are guarded by almighty god fear nothing he's your friend he's your savior he's your master he's your lord let me say it in spanish what more do you want jesus loves you and i have the privilege to tell you that because of him i love you too god bless you